The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. I muted myself just so I wouldn't make that mis- just just so I wouldn't make any noises. My dogs like to go crazy. So thank you, Justin, for letting me know. Welcome to the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast, everyone. I am Emerson Beery. Justin, how you doing, my friend, today? Doing very well. Doing very well. Happy Monday, everybody. Thank you for uh, for listening and for watching. Excited to talk uh, some dynasty wide receivers tonight. Yes, we are. You know, uh, it's uh, it's dynasty fantasy football season. That's why I'm. That's why I've decided to do all these dynasty ranking series and things like that. You know, it's prime time startup season. Redraft season is right around the corner. You know, us degenerates are doing a lot of underdog drafts and things like that. And, you know, if you aren't on underdog, definitely get on there and use promo code SGPN. We would really appreciate that. But with that, we'll jump into some dynasty fantasy football rankings. And, you know, I was looking at at our lists here for the top and we're just going to cover the top 12 today. Mm-hmm. And I will start getting our little board going here as well. So people, you know, can take a look, you know, people joining mid podcast and whatnot. Uh, there's not a lot of differentiation between the top six here. However, however, there is some disagreement right at the top. And that's what I figure. You know, most people do have Justin Jefferson as their wide receiver one in dynasty fantasy football. And I can't criticize that at all. That is that's fairly consensus at this point. But I have Jamar Chase as my dynasty wide receiver mm-hmm. one. We'll we'll dive into it here. But you know, you want to sell us on uh, Justin Jefferson, who you know is fantastic, was the wide receiver one last year, and you know should be even more in a pass heavy offense this year. I mean, I think that both Chase and Jefferson have a very clean three to four year window. Just you know, and again, this is why they're valued at the top of you know wide receiver rankings and also dynasty rankings in general. You're typically typically going to see these receivers go ahead of uh, a lot of you know running backs that are you know valued even in their youth. They're just going to last longer, right? Justin Jefferson, I mean, what's not to love? He's got the release. He's got uh, he's got the deep ball accuracy. You know, he's bringing down everything downfield on the sidelines, sure-handed, the speed, the separation. You know, really, I see a lot of Jamar Chase in him and vice versa. It's just that I think the situation is a little bit better in Minnesota. Uh, he's finished as a top re- uh, five receiver these last three seasons. A lot to feel uh, good about, you know, going into your draft if you're able to leave with Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. 
Uh, this season, I guess I lend favor to Justin Jefferson a little bit more because the situation maybe is a little bit better. You know, Jamar Chase maybe has a little bit more competition for touches with playing alongside T. Higgins and a familiar receiver in Tyler Boyd. So, albeit their windows are very similar, you know, these next you know three to four years being in that top five wide receiver category. I guess I, you know, go Jefferson over Chase just because maybe this year I like him a little bit more. You know, I, I, I think they're very, very close. And, you know, since it is consensus, I will go ahead and give them to you there. I will put Justin Jefferson at the wide receiver one in these consensus rankings, even though I do have Jamar Chase at the first spot. And Justin Jefferson was fantastic last year, you know, and like I said, the offense could be even getting more pass heavy considering the departure of Dalvin Cook. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just it's just me going out on a limb here. You know, the, it's hard to finish as the wide receiver one back to back. And, you know, Jamar Chase is just in such a perfect situation. He has such a chemistry with Joe Burrow. I believe he in the games, you know, you take out the games he missed, obviously. Then you take out that one weird Buffalo, you know, of course, the DeMar Hamlin injury, you know, the game that got cut short. If you take those games out, he averaged over 11 targets a game last season. He is just Mm -hmm. a target hog in that offense. Kind of plays a different role than T. Higgins, too. So, you know, Jamar Chase tied to Joe Burrow, you know, who, you know, we can you were talking about the, you know, the short-term outlook, you know, how it might be a little bit better for Justin Jefferson, but, you know, long-term tied to Joe Burrow, you know, it's hard to let, see the Cincinnati Bengals letting those two go anytime soon. So I really mm-hmm. like Jamar Chase set up for the near future. And I think, you know, I like the talent, you know, we I like the draft profile, of course, more coming out of college too. So, you know, leaning on all these things, I see Jamar Chase kind of taking over that one spot this year, but I have, I can fault no one for ranking Justin Jefferson in that top spot too. So, or, you know, just in for going to redraft for a second, are these your top two wide receivers for this season too? Yeah, I'm still taking Jefferson over Chase typically in each uh, opportunity. You know, for you know, for example, on underdog, when I'm getting the 101, I haven't averted off of Justin Jefferson, uh, and I've gotten the 101 quite a bit. Uh, I'm in like the double digits for exposure. Yeah, like 12% of my you saw that tweet I had like 12% of my 60 some odd entries were from the 101. It's been ridiculous. I've been going Justin Jefferson all the way. Sometimes I do see people see people avert to Jamar Chase, but I just feel like this season, particularly, that ceiling is just a little bit higher than than Chase, and I feel like it's it's enough to trust that it's going to be higher just based off of you know Kevin O'Connell's scheme. You know, you still have a pass heavy quarterback in Kirk Cousins who's just going to fling it. There's just very little competition for touches. Yeah, you have T.J. Hawkinson there, but that's not the same level of command that or target share, I would say, of uh, like T. Higgins, right? Or even what Tyler Boyd's going to bring home in that offense because he's been with Burrow for now. This will be his fourth season. You know, I but what I do think is that maybe Jordan Addison and T.J. Hawkinson, you know, might equal somebody like a T. Higgins together. Maybe. Kind of put, put, put a little, uh, you know, it could be spread around just a mm-hmm. little bit more. Although, you know, I, Justin Jefferson, I think, is going to get his. I think T.J. Hawkinson and Jordan Addison will kind of be fighting each other a little bit each week. Mm-hmm. I mean, conversely, like I, I really don't have that strong of an argument against taking Chase one oh, you know, one oh one. I think it's just a preference situation. And if you're playing for like you, like you had said, like the next like five years, then yeah, Chase is definitely the guy. But if you're in like that kind of startup mode and you still feel like you want to year, win year one, you know, Justin Jefferson may be that guy. So you know that I believe is. You know, even though we had a little bit of a difference there, you know, that is the consensus top two in most people's dynasty rankings. Like I said, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm going being a little bit bolder here, you know, and I really love, of course, everyone loved Jamar Chase coming out of college and he's done nothing but been fantastic so far. But before we dive into our wide receiver three, I just want to give 
one shout out to our friends over at Edge Boost. This episode is supported by Edge Boost. Edge Boost is the world's first bet now pay later visa card. Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in betting advantage, which can be an extremely valuable tool. Imagine what you can do with an increased bankroll. Get down on some of your favorite futures without tying up your bankroll for months. Double down on a favorite bet you like or even use you even use to create an awesome middle or even hedge. Edge Boost isn't some crazy isn't some sleazy loan shark either as they charge 0% interest. No you don't know you know of a way you can access more money to place on your favorite bets without paying any interest. Edge Boost can also be part of a reasonable gaming plan as you can set up daily, weekly, monthly limits across all your betting accounts in one place. Support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. Must be 21 years or older to use. Problem problem gambling? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Up next, you know, and this is a few in a row here that we have, you know, this is exactly, we have the exact same tier. So CD Lamb as the wide receiver three. And, you know, I thought we might differ here. You know, I love CD Lamb. I loved him since he came out of college and we finally saw him emerge with that full, first full season away from Amari Cooper. He was fantastic down the stretch last season. Why do you love CD Lamb so much? Top five finish last year, wide receiver five, 100, 150 some odd targets last year. You know, I, you could see some regression from his numbers last season with the emergence of a Brandon Cooks, but also with the departure of Ezekiel Elliott, maybe you see kind of a balance of balance off of that, right? Maybe you see a little bit more opportunity in the passing game, but you just saw that that full volume that he can take on when he's the lead lead receiver in the offense. I think there's a lot to feel good about. Take that into consideration with his age, his size, and his build. He can play anywhere, inside and out. One of the better slot players in the NFL right now off of last season. Uh, what was it, 107 catches last year, nine receiving touchdowns. Again, I think that you may see a little bit of a regression, but I still think that he can hit the 100, 100 mark on receptions, and maybe you just see a little bit of a dip on yards, but he's another threat that's going to be used downfield, and he's also sure-handed. Uh, I mean, him and Dak have a you know very good connection as well. Um, hasn't you know they don't have you know the the Burrow and Chase years from college, but they've got three solid years together, and I think they can continue to build on what they have. You know he's not in that Jamar Chase, you know Justin Jefferson tier, but you know I really do think he's the next best thing when you look out there. He was you know we love the profile coming out, and like I said, he just had some up and down. You know, weeks with Amari Cooper, you know, struggling to be the top receiver in this offense. But, you know, mm. he was like he was really, really good, you know, in the latter half of last season, just pulling up his stats. You know, it was, you know, 20 point game after 20 point game. You know, he won he won me some fancy football championships. So, you know, I was really appreciative of CeeDee Lamb last year. You know, I'm really excited about to see what he can do this year. You know, Brandon if, Cooks. Uh, if memory serves, too, he was pretty good with Cooper Rush, no? Because Cooper look- Rush went four and one. You know, I, I remember he had initially a bad first week. You know, I'm trying to think of when did Dak Prescott go out? Do you remember? That's what I was trying. I couldn't remember off the top of my head. But, you know, really, I don't remember any weeks where he wasn't relevant. There was a week against Houston where he went, you know, five for six for 33. Not much there. Another week he went five for five for 45. So, yeah. so it was two. It was weeks two through six. That Dak Prescott missed in 2022. Ooh, no so problem. let's look here. So started off as the wide receiver 24, then wide receiver eight, wide receiver eight, wide receiver 41, wide receiver 29. So you saw some, t- you know, you saw a little bit of a dip there mid season, but then right after that, you know, wide receiver one, a couple more down weeks, wide receiver 13, wide receiver yeah. 12, wide receiver one. So 
started rattling well, You know what? Out. In any of those weeks, he never had less than 50 receiving yards still. Yeah. I mean, he hardly had any, like, super down weeks last year. Just one, two weeks below, three weeks below 50 receiving yards on the year, which is very, very good. So, CeeDee Lamb, somebody I could just see getting better and better. He's only 24 years old, too. So, you know, he should be just now entering his prime. Very excited about CeeDee Lamb in 2023. Up next is another we're right in lockstep, A.J. Brown, you know, just, the, you know, I don't know about you, but the deciding factor for me in this, you know, is just being a little bit more comfortable with C.D. Lamb's target share. A.J. Brown had a 29% target share last season. So that was, that's a massive, massive target share. But I, you know, I don't know if that's to be replicated with Dallas Goddard missing some time last year. Mm-hmm. You have Devontae Smith you know, seizing more of a workload towards the latter half of the season. You have DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny back there too. Jalen Hurts is certainly going to be, is going to make this a rush heavy offense. So, you know, is there, is there room for AJ Brown to improve on his wide receiver six finish last season is my question. I mean, maybe that's his ceiling, but I still feel like he has an incredible floor, you know, and you just can never deny yourself some AJ Brown when he's when he's there. I mean, I'm not going to take him over these other guys that we just mentioned, but I just don't see anyone as good as him in the in the rest of this group. Like, I would like the situation to be better. I would like him to be on a, on a pass heavy offense, but that's not the case. The good news is is that Philadelphia is constantly in the red zone. They're constantly scoring points. They scored the second most last season. I don't see that regressing immensely. You know, I think the fact that he is in a very good offense. That has you know very good odds to go back to the Super Bowl, the Philadelphia Eagles. I just feel like he's going to constantly be in a position to score, constantly being able to bring home a very steady floor of points per game. 17 yards per catch last year. The two years prior were 13 and 15 with tennis with Tennessee. So maybe we did see the ceiling. You know, 80 only 88 receptions, 88 receptions, excuse me, on 145 targets. I think he can do better efficiently wise, but maybe the yardage isn't there. Like I think replicating the 1500 yards may be difficult. Well, we'll find out, you know, it'll be tough. Like I said, you know, just Jalen hurts, you know, he's a lot better passer than we were giving him credit for at the beginning of last season, but still being a rush heavy quarterback, it has, it's not great for fantasy receivers. Usually in general, it's a very talented offense too. And God forbid if Deandre Hopkins signed with this team who they have an incredible amount of cap rope still, it's, it's crazy. Like their GM, what you know, I, I forget his name. You know, I, I never talk about them. That's why. But I know Howie he's Roseman? Howie Roseman. Yeah, he's he's smart. He is a smart guy, man. My goodness. It's just like I look at the you know, I look at the money and I'm just like, how do the Eagles have any money? And they're up at the top of the league in available cap room. I'm like, how they have all these players. So <laughs> I don't sh- pay running backs. <laughs> the, chi- the you know, the chickens are coming to roost or. You know, however that saying goes, it's coming for the Eagles, though, <laughs> as, as Jalen Hurts and everybody gets paid in these next couple seasons. So ring the dinner out. bell. <laughs> the next up, though, in these rankings is and, I, you know, I'm very excited to hear your opinion on him because, you know, I am obviously a huge fan. That is Garrett Wilson. He had over eleven hundred yards last year with I mean, my goodness, it was Joe Flacco, it was Zach Wilson. It was Mike White the bottom of the barrel as far as quarterback play goes. And he was still very, very good. Had some boom and bust games, but the, you know, that's exactly what you might expect coming mm-hmm. from a great player with those kind of quarterbacks. So was really, really good out of the gate last season. And, you know, you just see how he could be that Devonte Adams type guy for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has shown 
his willingness to depend on a player, even to his detriment sometimes. I mean, Aaron Rodgers would just zero in on Devontae Adams and no one else, especially, you know, their their last game together when they were playing San Francisco in the playoffs. So what's your outlook on Garrett Wilson this season? You know, do you, you know, I just don't really see a significant threat in this offense really to mm-hmm. really take much of that target share. He could end up, would not surprise me to see him, you know, etch his name right alongside the CD Lambs and AJ Browns by the end of the season. Yeah, I, I think a couple of offseason moves definitely pulled him up in these rankings. The departure of Elijah Moore, the wide receiver wide receiver room gets a little bit smaller, and then of course the big addition of Aaron Rodgers. I I don't see myself putting him ahead of guys like Amon Ra or Alave or even Waddle probably if those factors aren't in play because I still I felt like Elijah Moore could have been a bit of competition. I think Alan Lazard is less so. They're talking about potentially bringing in Randall Cobb. My guy, uh, Braxton Break the Bank Barrios is out of town. So, psh, I mean, Zach Wilson's secret weapon's out of here. He's never going to play on the on the, uh, on the offense again. Um, Wilson, I mean, he's coming off r- Offensive Rookie of the Year. There's a lot to like about him. He's 22 years old. He has a great physical build, uh, can play on the low and high routes, and you're getting one of the most efficient quarterbacks in NFL history with Aaron Rodgers throwing to you now. Like, the sky should be the limit. He's definitely going to surpass the yardage. He had 11, was it 1103? 11.33? Can't make that out. 83 receptions, had a buttload of targets. A similar kind of efficiency to A.J. Brown, 83 on 147 targets. I think that can go up. Only had four receiving touchdowns. I think that can go up as well. But again, I don't think all of these things happen without, you know, again, these recent offseason moves. So if you haven't adjusted Garrett Wilson in your rankings, I definitely feel like you should be bringing him up the board and prioritizing him, you know, right about here, right about wide receiver five in your startups. Uh, because, you know, the recent shift in the NFC or AFC East, excuse me, you know, it's definitely going to play dividends for for Wilson's value for sure. Wilson, you know, and I really think he's in a great position, too, because the Jets schedule is very, very tough. You could see Aaron Rodgers really having to fling that football around to keep up with a lot of these teams. It's, you know, it's historically people are talking about the beginning of that schedule in particular, you know, that first seven weeks or so. It's going to be very, very tough. So we'll find out exactly what Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson are made of right away. Before we dive into another consensus pick, Amon Ross St. Brown, I just want to tell you about one more time about those guys over at Underdog Fantasy. I mentioned earlier, the show is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes, plus plenty of ways to win NBA, NHL, and MLB with their player prop parlays. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Okay, and we will dive into Amon Ross St. Brown here. You know, I am a, you know, real quick, before I do that, I wanted to ask, how many best ball mania drafts are you in exactly at this moment? Right now? Right now. I've, I've hit the 70s. But oh that's a slower God. pace than I was at. Like um, at twenty-five dollars a pop, my goodness. How do you think I'm gonna get to 150? How how can I get to 150 if I can't be halfway there at any given time? Which I'm I'm pretty sure I'm halfway there. Give me one second. Active. Here we go. Uh 71 and one poodle. Oh my god, you are a savage, my friend. You are and, a savage. Uh 29 big board and one little board. Shout out Andrew Rob. We have the exact same amount of entries in both. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. 
Um, I I can go ahead and tell you this right now. Uh, I max my I'm a baller on a budget, like I tell you on Twitter, and I maximize on those puppies because I go crazy on those things because they're just five dollars, and that's what I want. Andrew Rob is joining us though. Thank you for throwing that up there, and he does have a dynasty question on the clock in his league. Should I take Zay Flowers or Devon A Chain or hmm. Kendra Miller? Hmm. You know. <laughs> He needs quarterbacks. I feel like he has a safe floor with uh with receivers and running backs. So um, I guess I would say oh, Miller. It, what do you think? Uh, it's either Kendra Miller or Zay Flowers. You know, it just depends. You know, it's it's really tough. You know, because Zay Flowers is a first round wide receiver, but you know, where's the upside exactly over over the next few seasons with Lamar Jackson tied, you know, with Rashad Bateman, Mark Andrews. I'm just not sure there's a you know big scenario where he is finishing as a top 30 wide receiver on a regular basis where you feel great starting him without a bunch of flex spots. Levis is another great pick, you know, somebody to consider. He needs a quarterback. I know that. Yeah. So Levis, I mean, if you need a quarterback, that's a potential pick. But what's there, but the but what's the pick? Is this like the end of the first round? Must be. Um, you know, Hendon Hooker isn't somebody, you know, if he is available in round three, maybe, but, you know, he's not somebody that I'm specifically targeting either. I don't think the Lions have too much big plans for him. He's probably just a, like a long-term backup. However, uh, you know, I would go with Kendra Miller just for the fact that I feel like there's an outlier chance of him being a difference maker. Zay Flowers, you know, the dynasty landscape at receiver is so deep it's just it's so hard to make a difference you know if you if your league has three flex spots with three wide receivers you know if it's real deep four flex spots or something like that you know then zay flowers maybe you know it's a safer maybe long-term mm -hmm. asset but give me kendra miller i i think 111 is way too early for for levis so i i will agree with that See, you told him to get a quarterback and 111's too early for Levis. What, what it's not that deep. It's I know like he the... needs he needs a quarterback. I had a league where I needed a quarterback and I took Jameer Gibbs and JSN and two out of the first six picks. Screw it. Give me Desmond Ritter. Let's go. Did, well, if you had Stroud available or Bryce Young, I might have I might say that was a mistake. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> I only had one of them available. I only had one. Okay. All right. Uh, I didn't get to choose. They chose for me. So I said, screw y'all. <laughs> um, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, somebody that we've chatted also about plenty in these podcasts. But on next, I up got here, some of them other places. Okay. <laughs> I'm involved. <laughs> next up in these rankings is Amon Ross St. Brown at the number six spot. You know, it's hard to. It's hard to get him lower in these rankings. My goodness. I just, I look around. I don't I know how you could do it with Jared Goff throwing him the ball. Oh God. Yeah. It, I don't know how I, you have him this high with Jared Goff throwing him the ball. You know, your unnecessary love of Jared Goff is, <laughs> is, but you know, I think Jared Goff is fully capable of leading a fantastic offense with a great offensive line and a stud wide receiver like Alvin Ross St. Brown. <laughs> you know, he's, Amon Ra, he does all those. It's all those crazy things that fantasy managers love. You know, listing wide receivers off that got drafted ahead of him. You know, workout warrior. You know, there's a lot of you know camp hype. You don't have to worry about what this guy's doing in the off season. Lots of things to like about him. And you know, I always am quick to downgrade people these first couple seasons if, when they have you know fourth round draft capital. I'm not somebody that I'm particular. You know, I'm I'm waiting for them to fail. I guess is what I'm trying to say usually, but. He has not done that, and he was fantastic last year. And I expect him to, to really, you know, 
put that, you know, that fourth, like I said, that fourth round draft capital behind him this season. And, you know, people just accept him as a top end wide receiver. You must love him this season, considering how high you have Jared got. I don't know if I love him or love you talking so much goodness about this offense. <laughs> You're saying so many great things about Jared Goff and the Lions offense. How could it be? How could it be, Emerson? Well, the other things are making Jared Goff great. The, it's not Jared Goff making the other thing, uh, other aspects of this offense great. Is you know, so is, is how I would characterize it. Well, I'll tell you one thing: quarterbacks set betting lines, and betting lines make games. Okay, the the books know before we do. They know before everybody. All right. Uh, I mean, there's really not much else to say about Amon Ra other than he is a slot machine. Go grab him in Dynasty. Go grab him in Best Ball and Redraft this year. He's going to have a very good season this upcoming season. And obviously, they have Jamison Williams there. There, there could be a threat, maybe like in the long term, maybe in you know the next year or two. But I still feel like getting him at this ADP ahead of the guys that we are going to mention. I feel like he is going to play up to. You know, similar levels of production, if not better than the guys, you know, that we're about to go through after Amon Ra, where it sounds like I think we're going to have a, a break here. We're going to have a, a, some differentiation coming up. Yeah, we're finally going to uh, have a, some small. And you know, like I said, these rankings are fairly close together. You know, obviously we're, we're in lockstep. So, you know, these rankings must be pretty good, but some small differences here. Um, next up here in our consensus rankings is Jalen Waddle. I had this is exactly where I had him, but you had him at number eight. So yeah, uh, still pretty I th- close. I think we have him in. We have the next three kind of meandered around here, but yeah, I have him one spot behind yours. Jalen Waddle, you look, you look at it, man. Goodness, just all the efficiency metric. You know, just it's crazy. His yards per route run. I mean, just everything. The efficiency metrics just stand out. It's just he's playing with Tyreek Hill, and I'm not sure there's somebody who's more tied to the, to the, you know, the future of their quarterback. You know what I mean? It's you saw those down games without Tua last year, and if Tua uh-huh. misses any time this season, you know, God forbid, another concussion, another injury, or anything like that then you could see the kind of the floor fall out for Jalen Waddle as he wasn't as reliable week to week and he's a little bit more dependent on that quarterback, unlike Tyreek Hill, who had a lot of successful weeks, even with a backup quarterback. So that's my concern, you know, if this offense, you know, but if two is out there, he's shown his ability, just like, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles offense, the Cincinnati offense, they can, you, they are capable of sustaining two top 10, two top 15 receivers. Jalen Waddle also very, very young. Mm-hmm. You know, just maybe his upside immediately is a bit capped with Tyree Kildare. Is that is that why he's maybe just fell be- below the next guy we're going to talk about in your rankings for you? I think, yeah, the presence of Tyree Kill for sure. The uncertainty of, of Tua Tagovailoa. There feels like there could be an opportunity where there's a gap of time where the, maybe the Dolphins may be in trouble at quarterback if Tua doesn't pan out. And I think that's what you're buying in. Like if you're buying in that Tua is going to have a lengthy type of injury issue this upcoming season. I think it's also viable to believe that there could be, you know, I don't know, maybe like a, an 18 to 36 game window where they don't have an, an elite passer and they're kind of trying to figure it out. But this is a guy that finished as wide receiver 13 in his rookie season with over a hundred catches this last season. He had less than 80 receptions and he finished as wide receiver eight. So he's good. He's going to get the ball. They're going to get him production. And McDaniel saved his job at the end of last season. Uh, I feel like he's going to be able to pull it off this year and, again, kind of continue with the team. So I feel like they're going to put him in position to succeed. There's also been the talk that Tyreek Hill is going to retire like within the next two seasons. That's that's all just you know 
uh, you know, word vomit from him. You know, I, you know, it's three seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's talking about retiring early and wanting to be a money maker and stuff like that. I don't buy it, but if there is any truth to it, you know, if the dolphins somehow go out and win a super bowl, I, you know, who knows, you know, anything could happen. We'll find out. He said, he, I believe he said he has three seasons and it kind of correlates to that crazy cap year where he's like, has 60 counts, $60 million against the cap in like in four years from now. So that kind of correlates to that year. So (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the dolphins will not likely keep him for that. So that kind of makes sense, but either way, you know, that's, that's how I like to view dynasty in terms anyways, three year window. So Tyreek Hill, his, you know, him saying he's only going to play for three more years really doesn't affect me too much this season. You know, maybe next year, if I'm doing a dynasty startup or something like that, that starts Mm -hmm. affecting into my decision a little bit. Next player up here, and I, I had him just a little bit lower than you did. He, I have him as my wide receiver nine. You have him as your wide receiver seven. That's Chris Olave. Mm-hmm. And, you know, another guy over a thousand yards last year, you know, on his, was well on his way to having a terrific, a truly terrific uh, rookie season until, you know, the latter half of the year, you know, the offense was kind of a little bit of a mess. It was a little bit tough for him to maintain some of that consistency, which was understandable considering the circumstances coming in with Derek Carr this year. Could be, you know, I'm just what I guess my biggest question about Chris Olave is, you know, the offense overall, you know, in the health of Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas, you know, he, you know, he, he was number two in dominator rating last year, which kind of affects, you know, in the limited time he was out there, which, which factors in, you know, it's a, it's a lot of statistics, but it factors in essentially what it is, is, you know, a, per, a player's percentage of targets and carries or whatever. So when Michael Thomas was out there, essentially, he was a huge part of the offense. So with Derek Carr quarterback, if the offense isn't great and Derek Carr is not driving, you know, getting a lot of driving a lot of touchdown passes, which he hasn't been known to do. Is there room for Chris Olave to have those upper end outcomes, top 10 wide receiver this season? For example, I think you obviously think so. Absolutely. I think he's going to have a more efficient season with Derek Carr. You saw what he did last year, uh, just 72 receptions on 119 targets with bad quarterback play. He'll get more efficiency there. He'll cl- clean up more catches. He already broke the the century mark, 1,042 uh, receiving yards last year. Four touch, uh, Jesus, four receiving touchdowns. He can double that easily, even with even with Derek Carr. Um, he can still have a very um, improved season from his rookie year. He finished as wide receiver 25. The rookie of the year finished as wide receiver 21. So there really wasn't a big gap in production from Wilson to Olave in, in year one. But I think that. You know, while I expect Wilson to take a big step forward with a better quarterback, I think Alave can do the same thing. But he'll still probably, you know, there'll be there'll be a fair amount of margin in their in their production. But I like Alave a lot, even with Michael Thomas there. I think that secondary option just can open up more things for him. The you know defense isn't going to be able to just focus on Alave or even the running game. I mean, this offense in general, even outside of Michael Thomas, just has a lot of depth. You know, Taysom Hill's going to get his. You have now Foster Morrow coming in, uh, Jawan Johnson. You have all those running backs. Even if Alvin Kamara misses six games, you still have him, Jamison Williams, Keandre Miller we were just talking about. Like, they they have a lot of tools in their uh, their shed. So I'm interested to see what happens. But I think Alave is going to be the leader of the group. Targets, total production from the receivers. I mean, yeah, Chris Olave's efficiency metrics, you know, you look at one of those and, you know, he's, it's up there and with, you know, at the, with any receiver really these last 10 seasons, as far as rookie seasons go, with maybe an exception for some of those real outlier guys. So Chris Olave, you know, looking like the sky is potentially the limit. Just wonder if it's, if he more settles in just as a wide receiver, strong wide receiver too, just because of the offense he's in, 
Next up, though, is a player that I really like is DK Metcalf. I, you know, I have him very high in my rankings. I just, you know, call me a sucker for the for the prototype body. You know, the only guy who can stand next to Saquon Barkley, you know, DK Metcalf, probably nobody who can stand next to DK Metcalf shirtless. You know what I mean? So muscles coming out of those muscles. So I'm a sucker for those Twitter photos, I guess. Um, But DK Metcalf. Uh, Calvin Johnson. That's that's the answer. That's who. That's about it. He's gone. We can't draft I, him anymore. Sorry. I'm just talking about the body shots. That's all. DK Metcalf finally took control of that offense last season. It was you know, Tyler Lockett was a thorn in his side for a long time. DK Metcalf averaged, uh, had over eight targets, I believe, in nine of his last 11 games. You know, I had that stat written down, but I, my computer's not pulling up here, but very, you know, finally started to strongly out target Lockett toward the latter half of last year. Finished with a huge, huge playoff game, over 130 yards receiving and two touchdowns against the San Francisco 49ers in the playoffs. I think that momentum leads into 2023. I thought Geno Smith was, you know, showing a very good chemistry with DK Metcalf. And even though, you know, I think Tyler Lockett's going to be a little bit older, Jackson Smith, the jig was very young. I think, you know, this, especially in 2023, I think this could be really DK Metcalf's time to shine. I think he can have a very good season, but I don't know about – I have him at a wide receiver 10, so I have him a few spots back. Uh, everything that you said uh, that's good about him, I agree with. You know, the size, the athletic build, the option in the offense, just being that complete uh, field stretcher, having the physicality to break tackles, go across the middle. Like, there's so much to like about DK Metcalf. But you also brought up, you know, the position, the situation, right? Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba coming in. Tyler Lockett's still there. I think it's a great transition to go from Tyler Lockett to JSN with a 25-year-old DK Metcalf that's, you know, probably going to give you a very solid return in fantasy for most likely the next, you know, four to five seasons. But he is going to be what I feel like on his way to a production decline. He's already declined in fantasy over the last three seasons. Is just as far as wide receiver finish. So seven, 14, and 16 the last three seasons. And as he gets older, I could still see there being a, you know, trend of, you know, priority going to a JSN or even another, you know, you know, uh, asset that they bring in. They just drafted Zach Charbonnet. Maybe this team decides they actually want to run the ball a lot. I have no idea. All I know is, is that they're deep at running. They're deep at receiving. I just feel like at his age, I, I want to prioritize some of these other guys. Um, like, like T Higgins, I believe is a, is at least a year older than him or um, excuse me, younger than him, what you're looking for and maybe in just as good a situation, if not better. So I like him a lot. I just have, you know, a couple of boxes checked, you know, they're maybe going against him a little. Fair enough. You know, like I said, I, you know, I really, I was going to be really bullish on DK Metcalf, especially for dynasty. If they had not drafted Jackson Smith and Jigba. You know, that caps his upside a little bit. I really like Jack Smith Jigba. I think he's a very good football player. So, you know, obviously, you know, it could end up being a little bit of a shared target share once again here, especially as he gets a little bit older in 2024. But DK Metcalf, I think, top 10 wide receiver for me in 2023. Next up is the guy that you were just chatting about. That is T. Higgins in our dynasty rankings. You know, I guess my concern about with T. Higgins, you know, I know he's a, he's a I think he's a better NFL player than he will be for fantasy these next couple of seasons. You know, I just, I talked about, you know, the stranglehold that Jamar chase kind of has on, you know, on the offense a little bit. And I know Joe Burrow is one of the best passers in the league. I know the Bengals pass a lot, but still, you know, is, is T Higgins ever going to be a, this top 10 fantasy receiver with 
the Bengals. I don't know about that. You know, I think, you know, maybe he has to leave the Bengals to be a top 10 receiver. And, you know, I can even get ranking him this high anyway because of his age. You know, he's going to be doing this for the foreseeable future. So I get that. Yep. But, you know, there's just some other guys like a DK Metcalf. I could see, you know, you know, more outlier outcomes. He could they, DK Metcalf could be a top five fantasy receiver where I see, you know, T Higgins for him to do that. It's more, you know, Jamar Chase would have to miss significant time. You know, sure. and I guess the, you know, I guess that's where just some of the deciding factors are for me. No, th- those are all fair points, uh, but you had hit, uh, hit it on the head why we prioritize him this early, even yourself just a spot back. It's the age, right? We've already seen him in his first three seasons. I, I believe his rookie season, he didn't hit 1,000 yards, but he was very close. I think it was like just over 900. But his consecutive seasons were very consistent. The production has been there. And just everybody knows he's playing b- behind Jamar Chase. And you just, I feel like you get a safe floor. Like you know what you're going to get out of his role. And there is that upside that he's going to leave. We all thought this offseason that T. Higgins was walking. Their executive said, ha, that's a laugh. Like, I don't know why y'all were thinking why we would do that. The cap isn't real. (laughs) It's all a big joke. Don't you understand? You know, obviously they had different jokes about it, but still, uh, you know, the team was never planning on letting go of him. All of us pundits were talking about it because of the cap situation. I, I mean, it sounds like they feel just as tied to him as they are Jamar Chase, but you never know when the right offer could come along and he could land on another team. This is a guy that I could still see playing for at least another seven years. So I still think that that long-term upside, you know, should be pretty high because even in another year, even another two, he gets on a team that maybe he's more of the priority. He's a lead dog, maybe even like on a rebuild situation where he goes somewhere, gets paid, you know, not exactly like a Christian Kirk situation, but maybe something similar to that. And he gets a bunch of production that that could be in his wheelhouse. But I do think that he still offers a a very safe floor at this ADP, given his age and the situation still even being, you know, the Robin to Jamar Chase's Batman. You know, I I expect the Bengals to say that when they have not signed one of those players to a big contract yet. So that that does not necessarily surprise me. The Bengals are confident about it this season. But, you know, let's just say. I mean, my goodness, that's easily $100 million. And that's being, that's being very, you know, you know, cautious, I would say, because, you know, Joe Burrow, at least $50 million, Jamar Chase, at least $30 million and T Higgins, I'm going to say at least, at least $25 million. That's $105 million right there. That's That's, you know, that that's, nobody's ever done that in the history of Mm -hmm. NFL football that set up a team that way, you know, they, you are really counting on those guys. Joe Burrow, you are probably not having a lot of help at the offensive line. If that's the case, I'll be interested to see if they actually carry that team fit forward. You know, they can definitely do it this season. Next, even next season, you know, nobody will be fully counting against him yet. Jamar Chase will still be not into his veteran contract yet either. So, but I think we could be in the final two seasons, I want to say, of this trio playing together. Potentially, you know, I, I won't say it for certain, you know, the cap isn't really real. You know, you can always massage it for a longer I, period of time. I also but. think that JB, Joey B, I think he takes the discount. I think he goes the hero route. I think that's his personality. I think that's who I, he is. That's not what I, that's not what's been suggested. It's really, a, I th- Interesting. It's, it's, it seems to me that like, at least what, what the what's out in the media is he is going to sign the largest contract ever. Seems uh, to be. Joey so, B, don't say it so. 
I know. So unfortunately, we'll we'll see about that. We'll see what we'll see what kind of discounts he wants to take because I mean, also you know, it's not necessarily the total number. You know, I mean, Joe Burrow can do stuff like you know Patrick Mahomes. You know, just signing that ten-year contract gave the Chiefs all this flexibility where they can throw his money around different years, mm-hmm. his cap hit around different seasons. So you know, you could see Joe Burrow kind of do something a little bit more like that, maybe even too. So there's other ways for him to help out and still get his money. So. We'll see how the Bengals. Uh, it'll be that'll be one of the things to watch in football over the next couple of years is how they exactly handle that trio and where they end up. I still I still think Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase are the for certain there. So next up is a is I believe you have him. I is he in your These top? Are all 12? win now options. Let's just well, let's yeah, get it out there. A, all right, win, all yeah, win our, now players. Our last three players we're going to talk about here are all win now options. Tyreek Hill. We talked about the three-year window that maybe he wants to play in here. But like I said, I'm not concerned about four years from now. Tyreek Hill was fantastic last season. You know, do you see him – you see that torrid pace he was on last – I mean, it's hard it, – it's impossible for him to keep up with what he did last year, right? On pace for 2,000 pretty much all yards, kind of that Cooper Cup-esque season when Tua was out there. He has finished as wide receiver two, six, and two. So I'm not really willing to bet against him uh, this this next season. I'm not saying he's going to you know, cross that threshold, but I think he is easily a top five wide receiver this upcoming season based on how the Dolphins use him. They're going to get him all sorts of creative touches. They run the longest comeback routes I've ever seen, you know, 40 yard comeback routes like they just constantly set him up with work. 170, 159, 135 targets his last three seasons. If you, you know, <clears throat> take away the the 12-game season in 2019, the two seasons prior he finished as wide receiver one and wide receiver eight. Again, he was playing with, you know, Patrick Mahomes for a majority of those seasons, but this is a guy who's literally just top five all day, every day, written all over him. Like, that's his potential. The only reason we're taking him this far back is he's 29 years old and we're playing Dynasty. That's it. I expect him to have a very strong three-year window, regardless of his age, the next three years. And, you know, you can lump these guys, you know, you can put them in any order, really, in my opinion. You know, the Devontae Adams, the Cooper Cup, the Stefan Diggs, who were, you know, both those guys we're about to talk about here, Tyree Kill, all of them are kind of in the same boat. Potentially, the wheels could fall off almost at any moment, really, and it wouldn't shock you, you know, getting to 30 years old, you know, all it would take is a significant injury, and then all of a sudden, there is they're coming off a bad injury at 30 years old and that pretty much craters their dynasty value. So, you know, you have you're looking at that, but I still think you're looking at a very strong, you know, I just feel a little bit safer about Tyreek Hill, you know, being we saw already what he did with Tua and we've seen what he did without Tua. So that's what I like about Tyreek Hill, particularly in these rankings. Uh finishing up here was a little bit of a, you know, we, we just had these guys sitting down there at the end. So they were they were tied in our rankings. I had Stefan Diggs in my top 12. You had Cooper Cup in your top 12. The reason I did not have Cooper Cup in my top 12, the only reason is just that the, uh, you know, I mean, my goodness, I think he was number one or number two in fantasy points per game last season for a wide receiver still. So I'm only doing having him this load for the reason, the offense. I just, he's going to have to be once again, just as good as he was last year for him to, you know, pay off at this ADP and the offensive line was a mess. What's Stafford going to do? There's just a lot of uncertainty. And Stefan Diggs, while he may not have that, I don't think he has the ceiling that Cooper Cup has, that just game-breaking 20-point ability. 
you know, not quite there. Stefan Diggs is just a little bit below that. But, uh, you know, I just feel a little bit safer tied to Josh Allen. And that was the difference for me. Yeah, and I can understand that, you know, especially for Dynasty for the next couple of years. But I'm just not scared uh, of, of taking Cooper Cup over him. And I think that Cooper Cup's ceiling is still higher you know, these next couple of years as long as they have, you know, anything that resembles a healthy quarterback. Last year, he was still on pace for nearly 150 catches, 1,500 receiving yards, and double-digit you know touchdowns. Like, you're taking that any chance that you can get it in fantasy, right? And I feel like his boom ability is just a, a bit higher than Stephon Diggs. I like him being tied to one of the better offenses in the league, and th there's just more conviction there because you have that trust from the quarterback, the system, the weapons, are like kind of the lack of weapons, weapons, I should say. I mean, obviously Cooper Cup doesn't have any competition for touches, but there's, I think, that clear disparity of talent between just the Bills and the Rams that may give people you know, a distaste in Cooper Cup, but – He's still 29 years old. He's been in the league six years. These last two seasons have been the most efficient he has ever been. And I am not buying the narrative that Matt Stafford is done. I think that we at least get this season out of him. And this Matt Stafford's last season, I guarantee he's going to play the, the rest of the season hurt. He's not going to sail off into the wind. He has been an Ironman almost his entire career. He's played with injuries endlessly. I don't believe that he played with an injury last year because of his age. So if he is going to get hurt this upcoming season, I expect him to play through that injury because it will most likely be his last year if he takes, you know, a ding that he can play through or an injury that he can play play through. Obviously, if Buddy tears his ACL, I mean, sorry, you ain't, you ain't playing through that, Stafford. But, I mean, the dude's played through so many injuries in his career. I just don't see him, see him fading off like this. Yeah, and, you know, Stafford – showed last season the offense can be bad he can be bad and you know the offense can do not much and cooper cup can still be very productive so we saw that Bef before we wrap up you know one player you know that i just wanted to chat about that was right on the fringe of these and i was really debating it was uh Devontae smith you know where, where did he fall in the rankings for you probably 13 to 15 i mean somewhere in that range it's tough for me to buy in just because he does have the youth he has looked really good, but as a rookie, he didn't have really any competition for touches. I mean, his numbers still got better, uh, but you also had that injury to Dallas Goddard down the stretch of last year. You had mentioned how well Devonta uh, Smith had finished last year. A lot of that was because he was supplanting some production for Goddard, who was also very, very reliable and wound up missing a fair amount of time before the playoffs. So I think with all of those guys healthy, I still feel like like this next season, maybe he does regress a little bit. But again, this is a team that just scores so many points. They're constantly in the red zone. Not that he's a big threat there, but you know, when you're in scoring the scoring space, when you're in the scoring zone, anybody's game, right? Um, so I just like what you know the, the system that he's in, his age. I just feel like you know not having that like sure priority in the offense. You, you can't really get him into wide receiver one territory, in my opinion. No. He did. He did was supplanting Dallas Goddard's, you know, some of that. But then we also saw him supplanting some of AJ Brown's production, even in the latter half of last season too. So Devonte Smith, True. very, very good player. It's just, but, yeah, AJ but he Brown needs that is, domino. He, he, you know, yeah. he needs that one at least to fall because the the offense is deep. The offense is incredibly deep, and you know, he's like I said, you know, it just could be some. I think for the most part, he's going to stay productive. It's the same thing with T. Higgins. You know, what's his outlier? You know, he's kind of priced at his ceiling, I guess is what I would say as a hot, as mm -hmm. a top 15 dynasty receiver. I just don't see him ever being like top, you know, he, what was it? I was, what was, I was about to say, I don't ever see him being a top 10 
receiver on a day regular basis. And I think he was a top 10 receiver last season. Was he not the, like the wide receiver nine or wide receiver 10? That's hilarious. So he's already done it. So I was about to say that he can't. So Devontae that may necessarily. Or T. Higgins. Uh, Devontae Smith. I believe he, yeah, was, he was. Yeah, he, I was going to say he was wide receiver nine. Um, Higgins yeah, was wide like receiver nine. So there you go. I mean, he he was fantastic last year. I just that was kind of a perfect little wave of outcomes, though. I still love Devontae Smith, great player, just someone who fall, sits right on the outside for me, just because I'm a little bit worried about those offensive surroundings. And none of those guys are going anywhere anytime soon, I think. So you can count on all those guys staying there for the foreseeable future. So yeah, we'll definitely wrap up. the next couple of seasons for sure. Yeah, and then they'll be getting paid too. And I'm looking forward to all these teams' money getting locked up, just like the Chiefs, my Chiefs. You know what I mean? Patrick Mahomes tying up all this money. I'm ready for Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. I'm ready for all these guys to start making that money, evening that out a little bit. <laughs> but we'll, we'll wrap up, everybody. Thanks for joining me today, Justin. What, what's going on at SGPN this week, my friend? Uh, we got another uh, cardio draft this Thursday, I believe, me and Andrew back on the bikes um i've been just whooping everybody's ass like uh on mileage wise i think my last three finishes were like 14 13 and 12 and my last two i was drinking a beer while doing it so uh you know andrew you step up your game and uh gindy if you're watching and you come on step up your game because yeah i'm just smashing miles over here man and drafts. Yeah. I mean, that's also what we're doing is drafting. That, that is that's an that's an intense that's an intense concept. I I, I love it. Uh, Commit to the bit, baby. <laughs> God damn, you got these guys savagely doing underdog drafts, speeding around on on bicycles. You know that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, well, so we're not going anywhere fast, that's for sure. I mean, <laughs> stationary I bicycles. Yeah, Your minds yeah. are going places fast. Galaxy brainy, yeah. For sure. <laughs> Uh, that's fantastic. Definitely check that out. You can find me on SGPN player profiler and the face off sports network doing stuff usually every day. Thank you so much, everybody. And we will be seeing you next week. FBI tugboat. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. SGPN love. We appreciate that. Take it easy, everybody.